This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you cut raw oysters? Do you film entire concerts? Do you ask strangers if they're pregnant? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things that can make it better. It's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our moose boosh. Let's get in it. So for today's moose boosh, I want to talk about raw oysters. Whew. So do you like oysters? Do you like raw oysters? I I had never had them. And then a friend of mine was like, oh. I can't believe you'd never had them. I'm taking you to a place. And I love how they were delivered. I love the, the look of the hole with the ice and the little things you put on top of it. The oyster itself, for me... Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's true. There is a lot of pageantry, which is fun. I loved the pageantry. But I agree. Oysters, it's actually not really my thing either. Like, it falls into the I'd rather not category. Like, I would absolutely eat it to be polite. If we're at a dinner party and we're having the oysters, then I'm having the oysters. No fuss. But I would never seek it out. Same Z's. But many people do. And for you all, I want you to be prepared. So let's talk about oysters. So first, let's talk about the oyster fork. So we did reference this in previous episodes. And typically, this is going to be on the right side when you're sitting down. And it's the only fork that actually shows up on the right. And there are table settings where you do see the fork on the right, but you see it in the spoon. It's actually placed in the bowl of the spoon. Have you ever seen this? Well, I, well, I don't. I don't even know why I just asked you this. Uh, what do you mean you don't well, know why? Well, Leah, have you? You know what? That's hurtful. <laughs> that is actually hurtful. But I'm moving on from Sorry. it. And yes, you are correct. I haven't seen it, right. but you still didn't have to be so aggressive about it. It just slipped out. Sorry. I just want to say that I do like the idea of a fork in the spoon because it's like they're cuddling. Yes, they are cuddling. They're snuggling. They're canoodling. They're having a moment. Yes, and. I have seen this and I never knew where this came from because aesthetically it's very odd. You have this fork that's in the spoon and it's at an angle when everything is like so parallel. And so I was researching this and I wasn't coming up with any satisfying answers. Like it's just referenced or it's like shown in diagrams, but like no one gave any explanation for this. And then I was like, oh, well, you know who I should ask. So I reached out to Mara Graber, who we've talked about on this show before. She runs the Etiquipedia Instagram account and she's got a website. And so she's also the etiquette consultant that HBO hired for the Gilded Age, which is obviously when oysters were being eaten. A lot of oysters happening during the Gilded Age. <laughs> that is so cool. And so obviously, Mara, uh, let's ask her. So I reached out to her and I was like, Mara, it feels like this etiquette thing is quite new. Like I'm only seeing references to it like relatively recently. And she's like, it's not new. It actually dates back to the Civil War. And she says, quote, once forks became popular and silver companies were making them for every imaginable food, place settings got very wide for multi-course meals. These were the forms of entertainment of the era. 
And that is true. Yeah, like long meals, lots of courses. Like, yeah, what else did he do when he didn't have like Instagram and Netflix? No Netflix, let's add forks. <laughs> right? No, I mean, that was the idea. <laughs> but she talks about how prior to the Civil War, there actually had been a lot of arguments over how many forks were considered socially acceptable. And should it be three forks on the left or four? And then after the Civil War, apparently everybody decided that three <laughs> was the socially acceptable number of forks. Like you were not allowed to have more than three forks on the left at any one time. So they're trying to slip them in on the right side is what's happening. Yeah, basically. And so the problem then becomes if we put the fork on the right, the question is, is that my fork on my right or your fork on your left? And so the solution to this problem is that we will nestle my fork into my spoon to make it very clear whose fork that is. I mean, we want fork history. Nicholas Layton is giving us fork history. <laughs> well, thanks, Mara Graber. But I mean, you know how to, who to reach out to, you know? That's true, yes. I am the conduit. <laughs> I am the vessel. But isn't that amazing that actually an etiquette rule makes sense? That there's actually like some actual justification for this. Yeah, that you're like, oh, it's so I know it's mine. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is pointing towards me and it's in my spoon, therefore it is mine. Oh, okay, great. So aesthetically though, I don't love that angle thing. It, it does bother my eye. And it is okay to have the oyster fork on the left if you wanted. Amy Vanderbilt does say that it is a quote, optional arrangement, as long as there's no more than three on the left. So like, you could do it if you wanted. So if I was having a dinner party and I was serving oysters as my first course, I might do it on the left unless I was worried about my guests, worried that I didn't know the rule and then it becomes a whole thing. I mean, if I had people over and <laughs> they thought that I didn't know the fork rule, I would be devastated. devastated. <laughs> <laughs> it is devastating. Yes. Well, then I would have to announce to everybody, hey, everybody, um, before we have the oysters, I just want everybody to know, I know the rule, but this is a optional arrangement, which I am going to be using this evening. My apologies in advance. <laughs> so, okay, we got the whole fork thing out of the way. So now we're going to have some raw oysters and they often do come on a platter of ice, as previously mentioned, which is sort of fun. Now, it is actually not required to serve oysters ice cold. And oyster aficionados actually say that some oysters do taste better a little warmer. It's like white wine. It actually does benefit. Some of the flavors do come out and actually become more interesting and more delicious when we serve it a little warmer. But not too warm. Let's just- Yeah, let's not let's make just, it too warm. Yeah. There's still a food safety issue here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's, you know, health and safety, Trump's etiquette. Yeah. So the platter will arrive and then there's often going to be some accoutrement. So lemon, some sauces, there might be like a shallot vinegar mixture, could be some horseradish, there could be some hot sauce. So like lots of sauces. And then- we're gonna now eat the oysters. And so we will take the oyster off the platter with our left hand, assuming we are right-handed. So Leah, just do all this in reverse. Mm -hmm. And then it is a nice idea to eat the oyster without any sauces. Cause it's sort of like a steak or anything else. Like before we season something, you might wanna eat it as it is. And so uh, oyster aficionados actually do like to at least have the first oyster just sort of raw without anything added. And so you're encouraged to do that. If you do want to put something on it, now is your time. And so if you want to do lemon, you'll do that individually. Don't be that person that puts lemon on the whole platter for everybody. Like let everybody sort of customize their oyster experience. And so now we have the oyster in our left hand and we will now take our oyster fork and we will now loosen the oyster from the shell because it, it is probably attached to the shell still. So we're going to use the fork as a tool to loosen it. And if we're going to be using some sauce, we would then use our fork and we would maybe dunk the oyster in the sauce or we would dab the oyster with some sauce. We'll, we'll sort of sauce it up as we wish. Most people would say, don't mix sauces, like pick a lane. So like, we're going to just do the lemon lane for this oyster or we're going to do the horseradish. So like, don't mix sauces. And then we're going to keep the shell on the dish and then we're gonna use the fork and we're gonna like get the oyster to our mouth and then we're gonna eat the oyster. Alternatively, we are going to take the shell up to our mouth and we're gonna slide it into our mouth and eat it that way. These are your two choices. Yeah, I always feel like it's the sliding from the shell into the mouth that looks like the most fun. Yes, definitely the most fun. Ms. Manor says you're allowed to do it as long as you don't have real tablecloths. So she says, if there's real tablecloths, you can't do it that way. 
And Elizabeth Post is actually even more strict. She's the granddaughter-in-law of Emily. And she says that you can only do that at a clam bar or a picnic. Mm. I would say Elizabeth Post is probably one of the least fun of the Posts. I was about to say she seems (laughs) like the least fun. So I think that we can modernize this a little bit. And I would say most places where there's sort of a raw oyster thing happening, uh, it is actually not so formal anymore. Like it it is rare that actually we're enjoying oysters at sort of like this formal Gilded Age, Great Gatsby sort of experience. And so it it does feel like you could eat it out of the shell if you want. I think so too. And I just want to take one moment to sidestep for a second just to say how wonderful horseradish is. I just want to say that. Okay. I mean, I'd like to learn more about your love of horseradish. Really? You don't also love it? Uh, I I like it. I, I just wouldn't have stopped the show to mention it. Oh, I would. Because I, I would add a whole poem to it. I just wanted to say, maybe you st- hang in with those oysters just as a way to get more horseradish into your soul. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to come back to that in a moment. So you're eating the oyster and some etiquette gurus say you can swallow it whole. I think you should probably chew it because that is part of like the experience. You do have to eat it in one bite. So we're not allowed to like take bites of it. But the idea is you do put the whole thing in your mouth and we give it a couple of chews to sort of release the full experience. And Miss Manners agrees with me, or I, I agree with her, however you want to approach that. <laughs> I'd say she and agrees she with you. Says, <laughs> yes, yeah, let's go with that. She says, quote, traditions of daring notwithstanding, oysters have to be chewed. It is dangerous to confuse the rule that oysters are taken into the mouth whole rather than cut on the plate with the idea that they must continue uncut all the way down to the tummy. In the first place, you wouldn't get any flavor out of them that way, thus making the process an expensive way to eat horseradish. (laughs) In the second place, you would have to have the Heimlich maneuver performed on you, and it is impolite to shoot whole oysters across the room from your throat. (laughs) That is a direct Miss Manners quote. It's like she knew exactly what I was going to say about horseradish and had it ready. Yeah, no, she was ready for you, Leah. She is ready for you. So that's why she says you should chew because you'll get the whole experience and otherwise like, oh, you're just eating horseradish, which maybe for you is fine. I get it. You want to release the entire ocean into your mouth before you. That's kind of the idea. Yeah. And if we do go from the shell, there will be a slurping sound. And the idea is to try and minimize that as much as possible because, you know, we don't want to make slurping sounds at the table if we can avoid it. I guess. Well, Letitia Baldridge, etiquette guru, she says that it's not very pretty to witness, but quote, in this case, a purist does not care about appearances. So oyster purist, if you are, you don't care about appearances. And uh, Letitia Baldridge says it's fine to slurp. Team Letitia. Well, then she goes on and she mentions something I have never heard of. I don't know if this is like a thing that exists in the world that is just like not part of my radar. But she says, quote, if you wish, drop some small oyster crackers into the container of sauce and then fish them out and eat them with your oyster fork. I mean, this sounds right up my alley. We're going to drop some crackers. And that do- sounds wild. <laughs> that is wild. That is I'm like, what other etiquette books talk about this, too. And Elizabeth Post, she talks about this and she says, add horseradish to it if you want to the sauce, and then you can add the crackers. And then she makes it sound like you can actually then dip the oysters into that to get like crunchy bits of cracker onto the oyster. We're making a dip. Yeah, it's, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel good, I just, I feel I've not heard it. of this. This is the best I've felt in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just seems so strange. Like I have this teeny tiny fork, which is like, it's a small fork and like, it's a little dainty and I have a little cup of sauce and I've like crumbled crackers into it, which is like, Not something that's elegant to do. And now I'm like scooping crackers. I just don't know how we, what are we doing? I just, I don't know why we're doing this. What are we doing? It really does seem like a a very strong turn from this elegance to we're crumbling crackers. We're putting in a thing. We're fishing it out with our fork. Let's throw in some horseradish in there. We're swirling it around. I mean, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. I just, um, Okay. I mean, Gilded Age Entertainment. What can I say? If it's got horseradish in it, I'm in. (laughs) You're on board. Okay. But yeah, I just, I saw that. I was like, Letitia, you worked in the White House with Jackie Kennedy. Was this happening? I think it must have been. 
I mean, I think maybe it was. Yeah. So finally, what you do with the shell when you've eaten the oyster, you take the U-shell and you put it back on the platter upside down. So that is the signal that we have eaten that oyster. And when all of the shells are turned over, then the server knows that you can take the tray away. Another option, which is not approved, mm -hmm. is that you wipe it off with your napkin. Uh -huh. You make a little pile next to you. And then you tell everybody, uh -huh. I'm bringing it home to make a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Leah, you laugh. But someone asked something very similar to Ms. Manners. Quote, Am I totally out of line asking the server if I can take home all the oyster shells? I use them for my artwork. And Miss Manners says, quote, as long as the oysters don't mind, Miss Manners fails to see why the server would. Fantastic. So you do have official permission to take the shells home. Yeah. I love that so much because they are beautiful. I, yeah. I mean, uh, have at it. You have uh, the Judith Martin stamp of approval on that. I, I think you could say Judith Martin said I could. Yeah. Oh, I would. I would definitely name drop. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, that's oysters in a half shell. Nicely done, Nick. <laughs> and we're back. And now it's time to go deep. Deep and out for the evening. So for today's question of etiquette, I want to talk about concerts. And oh, what a topic. What is going on out there? It's really been a lot of uh, instances, shall we say, in the news. Yeah, a lot of moments. And those are just the ones we've heard of. Yes. I think there's just like thousands more that have gone unreported. Yeah, no, there's something in the ether. There is definitely something happening out there. So we cannot cover everything because, I mean, there's too much to talk about. But let's start with like, why do we think this is happening? What What is happening and, and what do we think the causes are? Do we think it's because of people's access to like social media and watching things online and sort of the prevalence of just people just feeling like they can comment and doing whatever they want because of sort of the anonymity of being online and then taking it out to the real world? Yeah, I think the social media thing is definitely a major factor. I mean, for a lot of reasons. One is that I think a lot of people on certain platforms have main character syndrome. And so the idea that they can't just be an audience member watching somebody else as the main character is very hard. Um, and so, you know, they need to film something or participate or actually actively change the scene to get content. Like, I think a lot of the viral moments that have happened are people actually deliberately making viral content for themselves. I just felt a wave of hot, hot lightning go through me because this it's not a concert, but like at comedy shows, those people make, there are those exact people. Yeah. And you immediately know who they are. And it's always such a problem because you're like, this is not about you. We will not allow you to make it about you. Yeah. This is, it's too much. But I think you're right, man character syndrome. Yeah, because in social media, we are the main characters on our accounts. And that's what that is. And that's how that's designed. And that is fine. But in the real world, we are not always the main character. So that is hard for some people to make that adjustment. And I think also off that, it's when things are wild, something does something wild, it's like that always gets more hits online. And then I think in the same way, even if it's not even just doing something wild, but just like I was just at a concert and the people behind me were having a full conversation about things completely unrelated, not even in, not even pretending to keep their voice down. And I feel it's like everybody thinks they're at home and there's nobody else around them. Yes. I think people do forget that they are not in their living room. And this is a live event with other people. And in many instances, the person on stage can not only see you, but they can hear you. Like I just saw some video of a performer singing and somebody in the front row asked them to stop because they hadn't recorded from the oh. beginning and they had to start the recording over. Oh, and goodness. the singer, very nice. She was like, oh, we need to be start again and did. It was like, oh, that was very nice. But like, what? Like what a bonkers thing to be like, oh, global superstar, um, can you start over? Because I wasn't ready as the audience member recording this on my phone. I, I'm surprised they started over. I'm very surprised, yes. So another reason or explanation I was thinking of, we all are going to concerts for fun, usually, hopefully, and we are often paying a lot of money for some of these tickets, and we feel entitled to have a certain experience, and we forget that other people are also entitled to enjoy themselves too, and we forget that like our enjoyment cannot be at the detriment of other people's enjoyment. Like We all actually have to enjoy it equally. And so I think many people forget that element. 
I've been with people who are um, polite, regular, nice human beings, and they're at a thing and they're talking and I'll be like, oh, we can't talk right now. This is, we're not talking. I cannot be a part of this. <laughs> yes. Well, I think it's like sometimes people on the road in their cars are different people than at a dinner party. You know, I think sometimes we do have different parts of our personality that do come out in different settings. So I think concerts may be one of these places. I think a, because I do think people enjoy things differently. Some people want, and this isn't exactly a concert, but I thought of this as a great example of sort of a coming together on what's polite for everybody. Mm -hmm. In the fall, early fall, late summer, I went and saw Return of the Jedi at the Hollywood Bowl with uh -huh. the LA Philharmonic playing. And many people brought lightsabers, which was so cool. And I can't believe I didn't bring one, but next time. B-Y-O-L-S. <laughs> <laughs> and anytime there was a lightsaber scene, people would put their lightsabers up, turn their lightsabers on and, you know, swish it around. Choo -choo 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 -choo. Yeah. But then after they would pull it back down, turn it off. So it wasn't like directly in front of the people behind them. And I thought it was like a very well. Yes. Nobody came out and told us to do that. It was just like, oh, a collective people who all enjoy the same thing, doing that and then pulling it back down to make sure people saw the other parts. They were using the etiquette force. They were yes. using the etiquette force, Nick. Yes, I love it surrounds it. us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that's very polite. And I think this is, brings me to standing at concerts, which I think is a very tricky topic. Like, when are you allowed to stand? When should you be sitting? And I think it does depend on the concert. I think there is no universal rule for what is correct. Because there are some events where, yeah, you would be standing. And you should not expect to be seated the whole time. And you should not expect that the person in front of you is going to be seated the whole time. Like, if you go to a Beyonce concert in a big stadium, like, oh, I think everybody's going to be standing. I think that's the deal. But if I went to sort of like a chamber music concert... Uh, at uh, Symphony Hall, I, I would probably actually expect everybody to be seated. But how funny would it be at a chamber music concert if somebody stood up and just like started like dancing? Like that was there. I would oh, love it. Oh, I would love it. I, I really would, I would, would be, be so it. tickled. You know, they were just like <laughs> feeling the... But actually I would be okay with that because that is actually a auditory experience. It is actually not necessary for me to see the musicians to get mm. a, a lot of enjoyment out of it. So actually I'd probably be okay with that. Um, if that was an opera and somebody's just like really rocking it to like a magic flute aria, mm -hmm. uh, I would be like, oh, okay. I mean, actually I think it'd be funny and be kind of charming. Um, as long as they sat down after the aria, like the lightsaber, like I'll let you have your moment, but like, you know, you got to dial it back. But I think for the most part, I think we do need to take the temperature of the room in terms of like, oh, is this a standing thing? Is this not a standing thing? And is my standing really affecting everybody else? That's the question. Is it, it is my blank really affecting everybody else? Which I think brings us to the biggest culprit mm -hmm. currently, people filming concerts. Yeah. I mean... Don't. I would rather you not. I understand. Like, I wanted to take some pictures recently at a concert, but I was very careful. I take a, you know, a little bit, did a little snippet, and then my phone went back in and it wasn't out. But my favorite are the people who have their phone out and they're not even watching the concert because they're holding their phone right in front of their face. Yes. You know what I mean? And then they just film for the whole thing. So if you're sitting anywhere near them, you're looking through their phone. Yeah, no, that is sort of unfortunate. And and it's unfortunate that some people are more comfortable watching experiences through devices and actually don't enjoy it as much live IRL. Um, and so I think that's something to lament, I guess, that some people just actually have trouble experiencing things in real life and would rather experience it through a screen. I mean, if you want to watch it through a screen, fine, but it's, it's now everybody around you has to watch it through a screen now. Yeah, don't have it in such a place where like, oh, that's what I'm watching. Because some people hold it straight up high so they can get a better view, for like a better angle on the stage. And then they're just filming up there and everybody behind them is like, oh, I'm just watching your arm now. Yeah, no, don't do that. On the flip side, I was recently in London and I went to go see ABBA as holograms, um, which is amazing. And I got the cheap seats, which is actually standing. So it was the standing only area. And I just happened to get caught behind the world's tallest family of Dutch people. And that's just sort of like what it was. Um, so I was like on my tippy toes for like 90 minutes. And I knew that was the deal for the ticket I bought, which is like, I'm going to be standing. I may not have a great view, but like, that's the deal. I can't really complain about the genetics of the Dutch. And so sometimes that's what it needs to be. You just have to accept your lot in life. 
Oh, I don't, I get it if it's standing and people in front of me and I can't see. I just think the yeah. the phones are slightly become overwhelming. Yes. Oh yeah. No, it definitely affects other people's enjoyment, which makes it rude. The other thing is the singing along, which is I think worse than the talking. Uh, the talking bothers me more. Oh, it does? I think the singing bothers me more because you're not as good probably. Oh, for sure you're As not. the person <laughs> I paid money to go see. So I went to a Shawn Mendes concert. Oh, okay. He was performing in the same venue that I was performing in, obviously in a different room. And, <laughs> uh, but we got really good seats because we were working at the same casino. So the other comic and I go into our seats and we are surrounded by teenage girls and they are screaming and every lyric and clutching their their necks. And I was say, were they wearing pearls? <laughs> I, I was, I was going to say <laughs> proverbial pearls. All right. And they, I found it, their enthusiasm to be. Yes. I think that's charming, actually. Charming. Whereas if they were sitting yeah. next to me and they were like, so yesterday for lunch I had e e eggs, I would be like, okay. Okay, fair enough. Yes. No, I, I do like going to live experiences for the fact that it is live and it is a shared experience. I mean, that's why we do it. Cause like I can watch a concert at home and see it better and have better audio, like in the privacy of my own home. Like I can absolutely do that, but I miss out on all the other things which are actually the fun part. And so, yeah, being with people who are super into it, that is part of the fun. So yes, I do think that is enhancing when people are singing along like that. I guess I'm thinking like, Broadway shows. Oh, yeah, that seems inappropriate. <laughs> Maybe that that's seems... what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's sort of like, no, no, they they got it. Let, <laughs> let them do it. Yeah, that is. This also I was putting in, in which I like more, the pe hearing people having conversations. Sure. I can see how some people don't want to see teenage girls screaming along, but I personally enjoy it because I love to watch the enthusiasm. But at a Broadway show, or I'd be like, okay, this this is not for that. So, yes. At the end of the day, it is just about reading the room and just making sure that you are being mindful of the other people and that you're having a great time, but that's not at the expense of everybody else. Yes, let's all have a great time. Yes, it's all about we, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You cre re recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen. And it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! So our first question is, quote, I enjoy playing the lottery. Over three or four months of playing, I'll accrue $30 to $40 worth of winnings. I'd like to give these lottery tickets away as part of my tip the next time we go out to eat. 
I always leave a generous cash tip that would stand on its own. The lottery tickets are extra. My wife says I'm being rude because I'm giving an obligation and that I should cash in the tickets myself and just give the cash. I think it's fun and whimsical. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of years now, and I respect your opinion. If you tell me to stop, I will. These last two sentences. (laughs) Oh, the power, Leah. We have the power to make someone stop doing something. (laughs) Finally, finally, someone will actually definitively follow our advice. I mean, (laughs) I broke into a little sweat. What are your thoughts? What are you going to do with this power? Well, my thought is I was thinking about it as when I waitressed, Mm. how I would feel. Yes. And as a side note, I feel like I have to divulge this because it does play into my answer. I love scratch tickets. Okay. So if our letter writer is saying they always leave a generous cash tip that would stand on its own. So they're already leaving the cash Mm -hmm. tip. And that is the key to this question. Key detail. You've already left the tip. So this last yep. thing is just a bit of fun. It's a little whimsy. Yes, it is whimsical. I do find it to be a little whimsy. And I love a little whimsy. Yes. And the obligation, I mean, I guess, is it effort to scratch off the little silver coating? I mean, I feel like it's manageable. No, I think they, our letter writer is leaving the tickets that they have won on as an extra tip to go cash in. Oh, is that what's happening? I'll accrue 20 to $30 worth of winnings. I like to give these lottery tickets away. Oh. So they're already screwed. They're winning tickets. Oh, they're winning tickets. So it's not even the chance to win. They're actually winning tickets. Yeah, it'll be like a couple of extra bucks. Oh, that changes everything for me then. Oh, that changes everything. Oh, because what I was thinking is that like, oh, I play the lottery. And sometimes when you win the lottery, you win like an extra play. And then you get a new ticket. And I was thinking we were collecting those. And then I was giving you the chance to win something, which would be whimsical. No, all you're doing is just giving me like a gift card for some dollar amount. Oh, I think I'm with the wife on this one now. I still stand... With a letter writer. Because, yeah, now you actually, now I have to like, now I have to go cash it in. But you don't. You've already gotten a 20% cash tip. No, but I'm not, what, are we going to throw it away? No. I'm not going to throw it in the garbage. Well, you go to the I'm store. Gonna go. I'm going to go getting, to the place. You're getting a seltzer. And then you're like, hey, I have this. And then you're like, you know what? Let's swap that out for two new tickets. I mean, it is, it is low effort. It is relatively low effort. The key is that they've already left the tip. Oh, for sure. Yes. But no, the idea, the gesture of, oh, I'm giving you something extra It's a known dollar amount. We are taking the whimsy out of it. There's no whimsy here. I'm not getting whimsy because the whimsy is in the chance of winning. That is much more whimsy. Yes. Oh, you feel like there's still whimsy here. Yeah, because I I think it's fun whenever you see something that's a winning ticket. You feel like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, No, but the fun of that is that he opened all the chocolate bars and finally one of the chocolate bars had the golden ticket. It was the reveal that was fun. Well, I think it was going to the chocolate factory that was really fun. Well, I think it was uh, getting to own the chocolate factory <laughs> at the very end for being a good person. I mean, are we going to spoil this for people that haven't seen it? I mean, at this point, okay. Well, at the top of the episode, let's put on a forewarning. Spoiler if you haven't alert. read or seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory at this point, Nick is going to ruin it for you. <laughs> I mean, it's still an amazing movie. And I do think that Pure Imagination is one of the best songs in any films of all time. I 100% agree with you. The orchestrations, amazing. Okay, but I feel like, like with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it is the discovery, the winning, that is key. It is the discovery that is the fun part, the winning. Yes, but if it was between not winning, because you aren't there for the winning, (laughs) it's between between not having a one, you know? You can't have a W-O-N and no W-O-N. I'm gonna take the one. Right. Um, and I guess the question would be, if we did just follow the wife's advice and cash in the tickets that just got the cash, would we be leaving an even better tip than we are? Probably not, right? Probably not. This is just a little something extra. Right. Okay. And then I guess the question is, is this appropriate in all dining experiences? So is this fine at Benihana? Is this fine at French Laundry? And it feels like... I mean, if on some level it feels like, oh, this is not something we would do at 11 Madison, but it feels like, oh, maybe it doesn't matter. Like everybody likes free money. Who cares? When I am working in casinos and I stay the night in the casinos and I leave my tip for the housekeeping, mm-hmm. if I have any winnings, 
I will also leave that. You know, you have it on the ticket. Oh, like the card thing or like. Yeah. I mean, I'm already leaving the tip, but I just throw that in as a bit extra. Okay. All right. Yes. I mean, I like the spirit of generosity. I don't want to stop that. So I guess let's continue. I guess I just disagree with the degree of whimsy that this is. I guess we just have a difference of opinion about how much whimsy there is. I agree with you that scratching the ticket myself would be far more whimsy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like there's not much whimsy here. But you do see whimsy in unexpected places and where others don't. It's one of your gifts. <laughs> it is one of my you know? gifts. So... But also the thing is you get a scratch ticket that's scratched that's a winner. Then you have an excuse. You go in, you get a scratch ticket, then you can get more scratch tickets back. Yeah. I guess it's what is better, the fun of the hope or knowing it's a sure thing. And I guess maybe a sure thing actually is better at the end of the day. But also our letter writer probably doesn't want to leave unscratched tickets. You could be leaving a million dollars on that table. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he wants to keep those for himself in case yes. they're winners. Sure. <laughs> that's fair. Okay. Uh, so I feel like uh, you know where we stand on this. And so you are free to continue. That is our ruling. I am delighted. <laughs> Although I do feel like I probably gave enough to the wife in this uh, letter. Well, you also made it clear that- She could also feel satisfied. Yeah. I feel like you've also made it clear, like, maybe the nicer, if we're at- Yeah. Maybe we're nicer places, maybe wouldn't. Although I feel like everybody likes free stuff. So, like, who cares? Money's money. Money is money. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll take it. Yeah. Send them my way. You have our PO Box address on our website. (laughs) We'll take some scratchers. Absolutely. I'm over 18. Yeah. Bring it. I'm barely (laughs) over 18, but- So- Our next thing is an etiquette crime report. (laughs) I wish, is there a siren we can add? Um, Yeah, yeah. do we need a sound effect? Yeah, what do we do with that? This one feels like it needs a siren. Or maybe you just like, you just say like siren, or maybe you go like wiener, wiener, wiener. I'm not going to say wiener. Um, Also, we could just- But that's a European uh, police car. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, audience. We will work on this. This will improve. But as you know, we have a new feature, which is etiquettecrime.com, where if you are the victim or a witness to an etiquette crime, you can report it to us and we will, uh, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do with it. I guess we're reporting it. We're just going to report it to you all. Yeah, we can't really investigate and we don't have the power to put anybody in etiquette jail, but um, we are happy to share. I mean, we're looking into it. We're looking into it. And so we got a great one from Australia and it is, quote, I was working at the self-checkout area and a customer asks me, are you pregnant? Already dangerous territory to be asking a stranger. I said, no. And she said, oh, just overweight? I looked her right in the eye and said, yes. At that moment, she seemed to realize her error and started saying, oh, I mean, I'm overweight too. But there was no digging herself out of that one. Thankfully, since it was self-checkout, I could just walk away to another customer. I blacked out in the middle of reading this. <laughs> uh, I, I, mean, I mean, this is an etiquette crime. I, if we did have a siren, this is a big, I lost air to my brain while just, reading this. Because I, what, what do we, why are we, why, why does anybody know if somebody is pregnant? Why to strangers? Like, why do you need to know if a stranger is pregnant? Why do you want? Why do you need that information? What are you going to do with that information? Why is this important to you? Uh, also, uh, we start out with that. So I, I read the first sentence. I, here we go again. You know, I think we that go. we're just ending there. Nope. I think that we're ending there, and already then I don't like it. Oh yeah, that wasn't the crime though. But then we we weren't even at, at the park gate. <laughs> We weren't even at the front door. Nope, no, 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 no. But um, we we went through that door and then we decided that we couldn't leave well enough alone. I have to tell you something. Okay. I never discuss any of the questions with anybody in advance. Right. Like Nick and I, as our listeners know, don't talk about it because we want to work it out in the moment. Yeah. And I don't discuss them with people around me. But when you sent this to me, Dustin was actually sleeping and I woke him up and I said, you must hear this. <laughs> I mean, this is worth waking somebody up for. I yeah. woke him up and I said, mm-hmm. since you're already laying down, <laughs> because this would knock you off your feet. So thank you for sending this etiquette crime report to us. And as a reminder, if you are the victim or the witness to an etiquette crime, etiquettecrime.com, 
it's a good place to submit it. And if you've got questions for us or event or event, we'll take it all. You can send it to us through our website, where you raised by wolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267 call RBW. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I'm loving being part of the Book of the Month because I often stay within the genres I already know or the particular authors I already know. And they're introducing me to new authors, things I might not have known about. It's so exciting. So Leah, tell me about what book is coming. I'm receiving in the mail very soon, The Return of Ellie Black. Where did she go? We don't know. She disappeared for years earlier and then resurfaces in the woods of Washington State. And I can't (laughs) wait to know more. If it's a story set in the woods, you're there. It's really true. I want I want a cozy town or a woods. Or both. Or also take a city. You know, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, as long <laughs> as there's murder or suspense, you're there. <laughs> I like if there's some food. So you out there, you can get your first book for just $5 using promo code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com, use promo code PEDALS, and get your first book for just $5. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by... Book of the month. I am loving getting to pick my books of the months. Is that what the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. (laughs) You know, love happens. And you out there, you're going (laughs) to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. And we're back. And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent? I am going to repent. All right. What has happened? So coincidentally, this happened. And then we decided that we would be talking about concert etiquette. Oh. And it just so happens that I was at a concert. Uh Uh-huh. So I didn't quite understand the seating system. Okay. The number on... So I came up on the side uh-huh. and I thought I was in the middle of the row. Okay. That's where it seemed to me I was sitting. So I was like, oh, so sorry. Everybody had to get up, you know. And then, and, and, and it, these were not, there was not a lot of extra room. Everybody was very polite. I get to the middle of the row. I realize I'm all the way at the other end of the row. I should have come ah, in on the other side. The other aisle. But then okay. I go to look back and I realize I can't go back that way. So then I just have to go, you know, and I'm hold. I can't. Everybody has to stand up. I, I shout a huge apology down the whole thing. I, <laughs> I don't know how stuff works, I say. And I just hang my head in shame as I scooch by everybody all the way to the other end where I should have come in on the other side. And this is like 30 seats? Like how many people is this? I would say it was 30 seats. So I guess my question is, where were the ushers? Where were they uh, directing you? They were not helpful. They directed me up. They directed me up the aisle that I went up. Okay. All right. So we we have some culpability we could be uh, spreading around. I mean, I, I could spread it or I could just own it and say, <laughs> okay. I should have just not followed where I was told to go and looked at the exact numbering system. Yeah. Because I did made 30 people stand up and I had to become in very close contact with all of them. And I just apologized my whole way through it. I mean, that's all you can do. But I love every time I, I like, I hope they don't. I hope they're not like, isn't that Leah from Where You Raised by Wolves? Look at her out here. But I mean, how wolf. in brand though? Actually, if I was going to encounter you in the wild, <laughs> I would want you to be doing something like that. <laughs> right? I should just do that's that. What I want this is in you. brand for me. This is who I am. <laughs> yes. I'm trying my best, but it's just going wrong. That's really what the issue is. Isn't this just like me? Isn't this just like me? (laughs) (laughs) That's all you need to say. So for me, what's just like me? I would like to vent. And so uh, it's sort of a quickie, but it's just sort of like, oh, that's disturbing. So my new thing, and we'll see how long this lasts, is I am running 
outdoors uh, is like exercise. I know. It's like, I, I don't think I like it, but I'm doing it. I and don't maybe know I like it. I see you I as such an indoor exercise person. Yes, I do prefer like rowing machine or just working out with like weights or kettlebell. Like, I, yeah, I do prefer climate controlled exercise. But um, <laughs> outdoors, I do live near the Hudson River and it is sort of a nice park and other people run and seem to like it. So I thought, oh, maybe I should too. So I have been running and I only do two miles. Like that's kind of it. Like a mile up and mile down. I'm like, oh, that was enough. And so I've been doing this most mornings and I was running today and I was running up this time and I'm sort of near the Intrepid, which is like an aircraft carrier, a lot of tourists around. And there was a woman who was a tourist, I am assuming, and she was on her phone and she, I guess, saw me coming and decided to start filming me no. running. And I was, it, it kind of caught my eye because like when you film someone with like the camera out and you're like looking right at me and now the camera's moving at the same speed I'm sort of running past you and it's sort of like, there's nothing behind me you're actually filming, right? Are you filming me? Like, that's weird. And so like that happened. I thought, oh, that's sort of weird and I don't care for that. And yes, I'm in public, but like, do we do that? I feel like we don't do that. We don't and do so, that. And the idea is I keep running up and I run up and I run up. And then I, at some point I turn around when I'm like, I'm done. And now I'm running back and this woman is still there. And then I see her filming me going the other way. And I'm like, oh. What is happening? Now it's deliberate. Now, now of course, now it's deliberate. And now I'm thinking, okay, well, like, why was she filming me? Is like something wrong with my hair? Or like, is it what I'm wearing? Which is like all black, normal, just like shorts. Like what? And I, I have no explanation for why I am now featured in two videos on her phone. Um, but I don't care for any of that. I do not care for that. It's how, oh. Right? Yes. Very violating. Very violating. Right. And even though I think I'm like a major celebrity, um, I am not famous. You would not recognize me on the street. She doesn't know who I am. So like, it's not that. It's not like some weird paparazzi thing. Unless it was. Do you think it was like an actual- We should like, leave oh, a percentage that? that that's what it is. Okay. But then, well, then if it is that and you do know who I am, then that's even worse because you know, then that actually is super rude. That's a very good point. <laughs> right? So I don't know if that's better or worse. I, I don't think it's worse because the other one is just that she's filming you to make some sort of like collage of runners. I don't I don't know what's happening, right. but it, it just makes or a person feel weird? insecure. I'm Maybe sure you weird. don't run weird. I guarantee it. So, um, yeah, I have no explanation then. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it at all. Wild. Totally wild. Yeah, bonkers. Like totally bonkers. Like uh, etiquette crime report right there. It's so hard not to be like, are you filming me? Well, that was what I was thinking. Like, do I turn around and be like, what art project is this? Like, is this performance art? Like, what are you doing? I would have trouble not saying something because I don't want to be on your family. Well, but now it's like, oh, you're now going to film that. And now who? I don't need that footage. That's so true. I definitely don't need that footage. Very of me good confronting point. <laughs> no, my goal is to never become a trending topic. How funny would it be? Nicholas Layton of Where You Raised My Wolves. <laughs> Confrontation. <laughs> On the West Side. I, I mean. But did you notice what a great runner he is? That gait. What technique. True. <laughs> <laughs> so, Leah, what have we learned? I learned multiple things about the oyster experience. Of course, I learned the, the spoon and the fork canoodling. Why? Mm. I learned that. And I learned about this cracker dressing soup. Right. That is not only happening, but advocated for by yes. some very big etiquette people. And I learned that you love horseradish. I deeply love horseradish. Like, I love it. Yeah, I did not understand the depths to which you enjoy this flavor. I mean, now that we've talked about it, I must go horseradish. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks you out there for listening. I'd send you a handwritten note on my custom stationery if I could. He would. So for your homework this week, we want to make sure you're staying in the loop. So please go to our website and sign up for our newsletter and make sure you follow us on the socials because like we got to keep you in the loop. I love being in the loop. The loop is pretty great. I mean, <laughs> the loop is very VIP and you want to be in it. Loop with us. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. Okay, so um, you, I've talked before about how grateful I am for this Pilates studio that I've been going mm. to because it's really helped me uh, feel stronger and with all my back issues, and it's been a real gift. And the people that work there are so supportive. And so on top of that, one of my absolute favorite instructors. We always chit chat up top. We chit chat at the end. We have a good time. She came up to me and she said, Leah, I didn't realize you were Leah. Were you raised by wolves, Leah? I've been listening to your <laughs> podcast. And I melted. I completely, oh, I was so delighted nice. that I, I may have lifted off the ground a little bit. It was just so nice. Amazing. And for me, I want to say thank you to everybody who acknowledged Nick Layton Appreciation Day this year. I actually had forgotten <laughs> that it was like a thing. And I got cards in the mail at our P.O. box, which were uh, so lovely, like so lovely. Um, and so, and then I got messages on the day, which is very nice. Uh, so I really do appreciate that uh, the silly holiday has turned real. And uh, I actually love it because it is very validating and I need it. So thank you everybody for helping me celebrate Nick Layton Appreciation Day. And if it's not under your calendar. Um, it's October 1. So uh, make it a recurring event and uh, look forward to hearing from you next year. That's so great. <laughs> Isn't that fun? NLAD. Get into NLAD. Absolutely. So thank you. I really appreciate it. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So, Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives. Then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right? Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah... What show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. <laughs> <laughs> 